What up, what up, what up, everybody? Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry for the delay. Um, you know, play as fuck up. But anyway, like I was saying before, um, we are waiting on our guest and I will bring him up here so we can get it started. Send a request. But uh, yeah, I'm just waiting on him and I'm going to do a little recap here shortly and the show will begin and welcome, welcome, welcome to So Hollywood, the podcast. Um, thank you for tuning in. Hello. How are you? Teddy T, can you hear me? What's happening, baby? <laughs> what up? Okay, hold on. Let me get this intro off and we're going to get the um, thing started. Hold on. I'm going to mute you and I'm going to okay. go ahead with the intro. Hold on. Is it me or was it hiding here? Is it me or was it hiding? So Hollywood, So Hollywood, So Hollywood, Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get ignorant. The Hollywood lights are bright, let's get right for a little bit. The vibe's so low, so let's go and bump it a little bit. Let's celebrate life like it's gonna end in a little bit. Get the bottom a little twist and mix it with some of this. And mix it with Hollywood and you fall from monotonous. Imagine the gas can't even produce more hotness than this hip hop pop. It's a female accomplice. Hey, 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 what up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me Miss Hollywood, and you're tuned in to another episode of So Hollywood, the podcast. Yeah, and as you guys know, I like to tell you a recap and a little bit about what I do on my podcast. So Hollywood, the podcast is a platform where everyone is treated equally, and I bring people together with this thing called entertainment. Shout out to everybody that's here on my Instagram TV or Instagram Live. Um, last episode, it was episode 39. Um, I was going to do an episode with... Uh, bone the mac the last time but he was unable to make it however i did get another young lady in the spot uh her name was hydea broad Ent. Uh, she's the international hiv aids activist she's from um las vegas she's a candle maker uh we also talked about dealing with the pandemic how it kind of helped her and not too much harmed her because she was already in the house for the most part uh dealing with the pandemic her love life um being okay and really expressing a lot uh because i think that we did like a breakthrough for real for real um and you never know who really needs to to have that conversation or those conversations and it just seemed like um she just needed that you know that push to continue continue to continue 
I'm getting lost for words today. Like, it's just been a long day. <laughs> but anyways, yes, she is, um, like I said, she's the international HIV AIDS activist. If you guys do not know who she is, please go and Google her. Her name is Hydea Broadent. She is on Instagram. She's um, under, yeah, it's Hydea Broadent. Um, and also, 40 after, I like to do this thing called Sweet 16. However, I do not have an artist up here today. We're going to skip that. So top uh, 45 after I'll be doing top five. It's just going to be some random questions I'm going to throw out there for you. And then uh, 50 after I like to do this thing called wind down, which is where we give our shout outs. Tell them where to follow you, uh, your social media, um, what you're working on, so on and so forth. And then the last but not least, I like to do a question of the day, which is uh, what bothers you about the industry? Why? And what will be your solution to fixing it? And that's what I ask all my guests that come on here and I get them to um, answer the question at the end of the show because you know I want you guys to get to know a little bit more about them and um, yeah and, and then I'm going to talk more about what happened this past weekend which was the core DJ retreat if you guys were not in the building you guys have missed out on so much 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 but um, yes without further ado I want to bring my guests to the stage um, we just literally hooked this thing up and it just happened so fast and um yeah well like i said before this is episode 40 and i have special guest wild man teddy t from miami uh he's a legendary uh radio personality he's been in the game for over what 25 years you say um he works at or works with power 96 99 jams and he's a 99 jams brand marketing uh, he has a nonprofit organization in which we'll speak a little bit more about that as well. And he's also a part of MP3 Wax and um, Core DJs, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, without further ado, yes, how are you doing today, sir? What's happening? How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> we briefly had a little looking um, good as usual. I appreciate it. I, I man, I'm tired as hell. I'm tired. This whole weekend was was bananas. So it was just a whole rat race type situation. You know, it's never it's the nonstop consistency when it comes to these core DJs retreats. But um, but yeah, how how are you doing out there? Are you in Florida now? Yeah, yeah, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Okay, 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 cool, cool, cool. So, um, what I like to do is uh, give you—you you can give a little bit about yourself, and then I'm going to um, ask you how this thing called entertainment entered your life. So, just give them a little bit of background on like where the the very beginning of your entertainment lifestyle began. Man, I could say it really began when I was a kid, you know, in the early 70s. Okay. Um, I used to have a fascination with, like, Richard Pryor, Super Nigga. Mm -hmm. I, um, at three years old, four years old, I had learned all the words to that record. I listened to it over and over. Uh-oh. We lost you. <laughs> Uh-oh. Teddy T, yeah, out there. Uh, we got to get Teddy T back in here. But 
Um, until he gets back, I did want to go over a little synopsis of what's going on or what's what's been going on. This past weekend was the core DJ retreat. Um, it was our 15 year anniversary. It was phenomenal. If you were not there, you missed out on a whole lot. I definitely got some interviews in in which that was my last. I'm going to have my last episode. Or I'm going to put some um, some footage and stuff on my page. I'm also going to upload some of the episodes onto um, my. There you go. I'm back. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But uh, back to what we were saying, or what I was saying. Uh, how did? What was like your earliest memory, or or um, like how did entertainment into your life? Yeah, just like I said, I was I've been a b boy hip hop forever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, in the seventies, came up with Richard Pryor, Super Nigga, all the different albums that he had, and um, just pretty much. You know, the music game, parties, everything growing up in the 70s was just like, you know what I mean, the vibe. 80s, I moved to Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. 84, 85. Foresight Records was the first independent rap label in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Mm-hmm. It was the first independent rap label in the Southeast. Mm-hmm. They put out MC80E, Shy D. They was in this spot called Lauder Hill Mall. So I was able to go up there and connect with a lot of people. Um, this guy, Frank Wills, Frank Wizard Coulson, hooked me up with the Fresh Fresh tickets in 1984. Got to go see Run DMC. Um, Zini, you know, that whole, that whole vibe there. So it's like hip-hop, you know, watching Luke, selling <laughs> two live crew, um, mixtapes and CDs I, I, out of his Cherokee, going to um, going to the, the Pack Jam every Friday, mm-hmm. going to Strawberries, you know what I'm saying, the whole vibe of just being in South Florida was just crazy as a kid. I got a record deal with this other kid out of high school. I, I left high school with an 0.2 grade point average wow. but I got a record deal with Joy Boy Records. Mm-hmm. And I've been in the industry ever since. We traveled with Big Daddy Kane. I went to do the tour with So Mix A Lot the Big Butt Tour. You know what I'm saying? And wow. So you really been doing this thing called hip hop or in it. I don't want to say oh, called yeah. hip hop, but entertainment, because it looks to me that you, you've had, a you've played a part in a lot of people's, uh, in a lot of people's like in role in their role of like being on tour with them. And what, what were you doing? Were you DJing or were you opening up for them or like what in that point of time, what were you doing? Well, I mean, I was an artist at first, so I was touring doing rapping. Oh, and man. then um, I started doing street promotions. My first record I ever broke was Skilo. I wish, I wish it was a little bit taller. I wish it was a ball. I, I wish it was a song. girl. And then I did. Um, I, I worked for So For Real. I worked for Uptown Records. So I did Father MC, Mary J. Blige, So For Real, Lost Boys. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Uh, I started. Right. I started working for Loud Records. I did Exhibit, Mob Deep, um. Wu Tang, you know, all with Loud SRC, work with Job. Like, I work with every major record label in New York. And in the 90s, I probably broke 70% of the records wow. that came out, you know what I'm saying? Like, from New York. Wow. So, in any of that time, did you, um, 
did you start your own company to do marketing and brand ambassador or was you were you yeah, just yeah you, you, you had to have your own company to get checks from the label okay. so my first company was called three-way parlay it was me and a guy named dj antman who was steve stout's cousin first cousin mm-hmm. another girl lady most dangerous mm-hmm. lady most was on 99 jams at the time and me and antman we were making mixtapes we created a name for ourselves making mixtapes the first how can i be down we we did all of the um the showcases for all the major artists who tang and everybody came down for like three years mm-hmm. i worked with a company that, that helped sponsor how can i be down every three years and then I started working for Luke and doing underground radio at the same time. We we, we put up underground stations in Miami. Mm-hmm. So I was working for Luke. I broke Raise the Roof, made Raise the Roof a number one record. Wow. And then I went to this other label called First String. And I got this kid. Um, uh, I got First Platoon signed. Then I got X-Con signed. Uh, I got Icon signed with um, Get Fucked Up. Mm-hmm. I just started getting a lot of artists signed. You know what I'm saying? Just basically, you know, I never was a DJ back then. I just influenced people to play records, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. y'all need to be rocking with these records. And I was working records. Like, I'm a real record promoter. I work national director promotions for a lot of major labels, mm-hmm. independent labels, you know what I'm saying? And, and from that, I created a relationship with this guy in 1988, um, Albie Silk, and he put me on the radio with him. I was one of the first people to ever get hired on the radio without a college degree. Wow. And we was number one on 99 Jams the next year, 2000. Went to Power 96, became number one on Power 96. So I'm one of the only people to be number one on two stations in the same market, two different formats. Wow, that, congratulations to that. Now that is something different that I've never heard of. <laughs> I'm trying to be like you when I get a... <laughs> Hell yeah, that's awesome. So how, so um, when did you know that you wanted to make that transition from being an artist to being the brand ambassador or not ambassador brand marketing to being a radio personality. Like how did that well, shift for you? Well, um, as far as I was at a video and I saw that everybody on the video got paid and the artist had to pay for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like even the janitor got his money before the artist. You know what I mean? Wow, right. The cleanup crew, you know? And I was like, man, I don't want to be an artist because the artist is the last person to get paid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I want to be with the people that get paid when everybody get paid. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's how I got on Scotty Brothers and started doing street promotions. And then from there, I started doing underground radio. Okay. And I went to all these different micropower radio station conferences all around the country all kind of magazines just from being on the underground radio and we made underground radio sound so good like i put dj Khaled on 99 jams when dj Khaled came to miami uh, he played on my show first it was on the station called mix 96 and he told me he made beats and so i bought his first beat mm. i put him in his first video and i connected him to be on 99 jams with uncle luke for the luke show wow now, how how was that even working with Uncle Luke? Because I have an Uncle Luke story and an experience. <laughs> so how mm. was that? <laughs> he said, mm. Mm. <laughs> no. <Scary. laughs> I was 
No, it, it's I mean it's an R rated show. However, my incident that it's it you know, it's a like, oh, he did that type situation. It's definitely not the the usual Uncle Luke situations. Cause I was, yeah, cause, cause I was, I was <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was I was the head whole coordinator for <laughs> Uncle Luke. As that, well as the national that's what your job. That's 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 mm-hmm. the posi- That's the that was on your business cards. No, I was I was in promotions. I was a part of the national director of promotions. I did mix show, mm-hmm. but I worked so good with the girls that Luke made me the head hoe coordinator. <laughs> the head hoe. I, I knew how to I knew how to coordinate the hoes. <laughs> God. Oh wow, that is a wow. So you just you were the one that took their resume and was like, "Hey, girl, you can do this," and, or you can't get past go. Yeah, I helped introduce a lot of different Luke rec, Luke girls, taking the Luke dancers on the road, doing mm-hmm. shows, you mm-hmm. know, all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful, though. I'm sh- I'm pretty sure that's even the, the best job that that you can have. <laughs> Nowadays, like, if like <laughs> when we worked the loop, like working for Luke was like working for Luke University. Ooh, you know, we learned a lot. You know, we learned about the game. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, you know, like you don't do nothing without confirmation number. Yes. You know what I mean? Everything is a confirmation. You got to have that number before you move. Um, just you know, Luke had 300 million in 1988. He was one of the only people that ever, wow. one of the only rappers that ever be on lifestyles of the rich and famous you know what i'm saying wow the show came out in the 80s with robin leach right and so just understanding how to work independent records you know when you work with an independent record in the 80s mm-hmm. to the 90s it's real is really elementary because the distribution component was the main element doing physical distribution right. you know what i'm saying right and so being able to understand that point from distribution to marketing to radio from a full-fledged record label, you know, and I work for all the major labels, right. RCA, Job, Uptown, you know what I mean? So I have an extended experience and wisdom about working records. Right. That's that's amazing, like, because he was the one that was, uh, that did the parental advisory, right? Was able to get, mm-hmm. go to the, what is it called? I forgot. I don't know. With the Supreme Court, with okay. the Supreme Court, and the reason why everybody's able to protest and do all this stuff is because Luke made freedom of speech a federal law. Mm. And you were a part of that movement at that time. Not during that time. Not no. During that time. No. Okay. Okay. This was before or was this I start, after? I started working with Luke. I started working with Luke in 95, 96. Okay. I was still in high school. I was still in high school when he was doing all that. Oh, okay. 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 Understood. Understood. And y'all's relationship is still good to go. Mm-hmm. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. That's oh. shit. Well, I'm gonna tell you my my Luke story real quick. So it was a um we had a model contest or a model something at our here in Virginia Beach, and then after the model competition, they had an auction like a just a random auction, and nobody bought me, and he was the host. It was him and Buffy the Body, and mm-hmm. he was the host. And he was like, "Y'all don't want to buy this young lady." Da 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 da. And he was like, well, I'll take her for 200 And I was like, what? I said, Lord Jesus, I didn't got bought by Uncle Luke. That's going to be a story to tell my kids. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but that's it you know that nothing nothing x-rated or anything but i was just like wow he's very humble but that's just that's a whole nother story and I, like you said he's 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 a person to learn from and of course the mm-hmm. the background as far as like um like how to move during marketing and stuff like that you mentioned um like 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 ground or I want to I want to call it guerrilla marketing. Like how important is that now in the in this day and age? Um, then it I don't I don't want to say then it was back in the day, but how how important is it to still have that uh, guerrilla marketing and those that hand to hand contact with people? As a new artist, independent, that's your only way to be able to actually gauge on developing a fan base. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Social media is simulations. Mm. How many of those people are actually real? Correct. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be able to have it to the point where, you know, you can go somewhere and you got people showing up. Mm-hmm. You can promote on social media saying you're going to be somewhere and you know these people, they follow you and they're going to really show up. Right. You know, so, you know, your support system in the beginning is what you have to create. Like, when you come out, you got to have four or five different records so DJs can connect where you at. People can see, okay, he's over here, he's over there. Want to put out shirts. It's seven different times a person got to see your name before actually can remember. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So posters, flyers, shirts, marketing commercials, mm-hmm. billboards, all these things are elements that still organic guerrilla marketing needs to be happening. Mm-hmm. A lot of these artists would be a lot more successful if they did guerrilla marketing with the social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe that 100%. Now, I do have this one question for you that is like, it makes, it, I don't want to say it makes me mad, but it makes me upset to the point where they just are starting to say the CD game is starting to become null and void and i don't be- i don't mm-hmm. believe that 100 percent. now how do you nah, feel about see, it now cds cds are out of the game it's just like cassettes mm-hmm. you know we, we we rock mixtapes forever mm-hmm. but cds took away mixtapes and flash drives are taking away cds you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. how many cars do you even have now that have cd players in it you know what i mean that's true that's true but what so, about having the tent the uh, the tangible item that's what i'm getting from it like well, I was explaining to someone, I like, know, but if, only but only old cars play CDs. Mm. So you you calling me an old car? No. <laughs> yeah, you you're you're a sixty seven Buick. <laughs> I can't help that because I just. Uh, I'm still gonna fight for the, for CDs. I'm still gonna fight for vinyl. Well, vinyl. Why? So. How is a vinyl still significant in the game? Because of DJs. Okay. You know, one of the, one of the hottest producers in Miami, Gorilla Tech, he spins vinyl. And he goes all around the country spinning vinyl. Mm. You know what I'm saying? DJing. Mm-hmm. And because vinyl is synonymous with hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's never mm. gone, you know... People always wanted those albums. When you got an album, when you got a twelve inch. Right. Back in the days, like you know, the the cover that that was big. Right, and that's how I feel about I guess my generation, if that makes sense. Because I'm an '80s baby, but I still like the CDs and I still like the vinyls. And if I could find cassette tapes, I would get them. But not, I don't necessarily listen to it. It's it's for the um 
nostalgia, just the habit. Correct. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to the independent people that or the independent artists that are um, on the come up? Like what are what do you think the top top three things that they need to do in order for them to succeed in, in what they're trying to do independently? Number one, like back in the days before we made records, we already had a brand in the neighborhood and the city that we were mm-hmm. artists. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, number one, take the time to, to pay your dues and become the man in your city. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't got to necessarily start making a bunch of records. Just do freestyles, do instrumentals, just to make people say, damn, who is that? Mm-hmm. You know, Pitbull, one of the biggest artists in the world, that's how he got signed. He didn't, he didn't, get out and put out a lot of flyers and everything. I was on the radio and I was just playing his intros. He'll bring a different intro for the DJ. Everybody in the club smoking crippy. You know, he'll just, he'll just flip it up. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And give him to DJ Death. He did Welcome to Miami, which was Welcome to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the actual song that got him signed was a song called uh, by Mr. Vegas, Pull Up. I had broke Mr. Vegas' Pull Up and all the Cuban people thought it was Kulo. <laughs> so I had him make a uh, intro for me for Kulo mm-hmm. and him and Lil John heard it and that was history. He got signed to J Records after that. So, you know what I'm saying? It's about creating your brand as being an artist first. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And then you could be making money already without even having a single because you're a hot artist. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can be making feature money. The whole thing is when you're an artist, you got to be making money off top. You can't be spending money from other shit. You got to make money from your brand. Mm-hmm. So you either throw parties, you got a DJ that's popping, you know what I'm saying? And y'all making money, y'all making moves from the culture of what it is. You know what I'm saying? Right. Second, if you're not making music that make people dance or make people sing, it's going to be a long haul. You know what I'm saying? You got the struggle rap, but even the struggle rap, people singing the words word for word. Thanks. So they either singing the words or they dancing to the record. So these guys got to really stop making music for themselves and make music for people. Mm. That this is the entertainment business. People want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you're making music that people like, that people like when you go to a showcase, how many songs do you remember after the showcase? Mm. Not too many. It's definitely not too many. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, people got to take this shit more serious. They just can't act like you can go on social media and you're going to be a star. It's a lot more than that. But by the time people get on social media, they done paid a lot of dues and they done spent a lot of money. Facts. Big facts. And a- another question. How do you how do you feel about pe- people playing their role? Like, if you have a team, how how should they... Like, if, if it's like four artists that you know are on the team but one of them is like way bigger than the others now how do you feel if they don't play their position or if how do you feel about like playing their position if that makes sense i tell sense. everybody you don't got to be in the spotlight to make it right you know what i'm saying right like nico nico london you know who nico london is mm-hmm Nico London was the guy who played on Love and Hip Hop. Nico who made the video. Okay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He wasn't a number. He wasn't a star on Love and Hip Hop, 
he was just he was just Mimi's boyfriend. Facts. And he was able to last the whole time on Level Hip Hop, make a video, get a million dollars, and now flip that into fitness. Facts. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So you don't got to be the star to be, you don't got to be the main attraction to be successful. Facts. You know, that's number one. You know, take your time, play the background. You know what I'm saying? Learn. Mm-hmm. Learn from other people's mistakes. You know, Rick Ross, it took Rick Ross 10 years to get on. Mm-hmm. You know, he saw a lot of mistakes Trick and Trina and the different artists was making, so he was able to, you know, mm-hmm. learn from their mm-hmm. mistakes to, to right. be who he was. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, it's a business. Number one, you're in a business. So, a business needs reputable and educated people to function. Mm-hmm. You just can't get a bunch of people who want to do something just because Somebody got to have some know-how. Facts. Facts. And I 100% agree with that as well. Like, if you're going to be if you gonna be the marketing director, be the marketing director. Like, if you don't, don't come over here trying to be the artist and the marketing director. You just play your position like you're supposed to. Now, if you don't want to, then that's when that conversation needs to be had. And then that, posi- that position will be replaced. So, mm-hmm. um... Because I tell people all that, I mean, I tell people that every day or all the time. Like, first of all, you have to know your value for one. And then for two, you have to know who's around you to keep around you. And that's important, too. You you got to, in this game, I don't care if you're going to be an artist, a podcast host like yourself, Mm -hmm. you got to have value, period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have to create your own value, your own value is what you get paid for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And without value, who's going to, who's going to um, respect you? Facts. Big facts. Big, big, big old facts. Mm-mm-mm. But um, let's get into your um, nonprofit organization um, that you have. And then also your, uh, you have a, not a, is it a college? Or no, a college it's a virtual, program? It's a, it's a virtual online um Curriculum. There you go. Um, first, five star education, five star international, um, five star international academy is an international domestic online school from sixth to twelfth grade. You get accredited diplomas, general education, adult education, and we have EA Sports as a elective for programming and gaming. This is a tech school mm-hmm. that we put together. Is we it got, all virtual? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep, and we just really want to be able to get these kids in the inner city, you know, sponsored and get them a chance to be ahead of the cuff in this new technology game. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, the school is expensive because it's a private tech school, mm-hmm. but we're doing some fundraisers to help develop to be able to get at-risk kids in the school, and as well as get the you know the other suburban kids to pay to get in, so we can actually. You know, it's not a money grab, but it's an element to be able to create a budget to be able to sponsor a bunch of kids from the inner city to come to school mm-hmm. as well as bring in suburban kids who got the money to be able to get this education. That's awesome. Now, when was this created? You said in 2018 it was created? 2020, during the pandemic. Oh, 2020, you created it. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's not that long ago. And they, you, yeah. I have a pamphlet. I don't have it in front of me. But um, give us a little bit of background of um, 
it's funny how pretty Ricky just hopped on hopped on live. <laughs> We're gonna go into that too. <laughs> well, that's, that's 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 pretty Ricky from Jacksonville. That's uh, the DJ pretty Ricky. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to be like, hey, isn't that because he rock with he rock with Trap Beckham. That's my boy right there, Duval Trap- County. Okay, Trap Beckham was definitely at the core DJ retreat. Shout out to him, wilding <laughs> out. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um. Let's go into um, like where they can get the information from. Uh, do you have any social media information for your, um, excuse me, the curriculum and, and um, your information? Yeah, everything is on the website, www.fivestarIA.org. FivestarIA.org. And it started in 20... FivestarIA.org. Okay. www. The, the, all the information about about us, everything is on there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a real situation where, you know, in the future, you know, different things is happening virtual, you know, after the pandemic became a, a norm. So, mm-hmm. you know, with this, you can go at your own pace, finish when you're ready, you know what I'm saying, and, and begin to develop from that, you know. And we've been robbed of education because we're a conquered people, you know what I'm saying? So... You know, one thing about me, I'm an indigenous person. I'm not black, a Negro, colored. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm indigenous. I, I come from the um, Washita, the Amaru Washita, they dug the Maya, Yamashi, mm-hmm. uh, um, the Shawnee. My, my my fifth generation grandmother was a Shawnee Native American. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Straight from Kentucky. So, you know, it's, it's we're not. There's no such thing as black and white people. We got to stop referring as ourselves as black and white people because that keeps us in jurisdiction of this European government. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we trace ourselves back to the native land, it takes us out of jurisdiction where we become prisoners of war on our own land. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they said that we were all African because th- everywhere they go, there was what they call Negro de Terra. Mm-hmm. So when Columbus first came here, he said Negro de Terra means Negroes on the land. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a thing called the Discovery Doctrine, which the Roman Catholic Church put together, which is why they say Columbus discovered America, because the Discovery Doctrine said, you discover there's no Christians on the land, you can turn the people to slaves and, and take the land. So that mm-hmm. was how the Spanish and Portugal took all the land in America through the Discovery Doctrine from the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And the elements of the black and white came into effect because we were blacked out of nationality. So... With the one-drop rule, they took away all of the Native Americans who were dark-skinned, their status of being Native Americans, with if you was one drop of of, of African blood, then you was a slave. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that pretty much just bulked all these different dark-skinned people up that was from all around the world. You mm. know, like, when you in Jamaica, you're going to see Asians and India in Jamaica because of the Dutch East trade, because some of the first... Slaves that were bought out were Mongoloid and Indians before they even start bringing Africans. They didn't start bringing Africans until the 1600s. You know what I'm saying? Even mm-hmm. when they talk about the runaway slaves in America, mm-hmm. if they were from Africa, how would they know where to run to? That's a, that's a good question. You know what I'm saying? So you got to look at all these stories with common sense because they, you know, they, they want to act like they conquered us totally. You know what I'm saying? But right. they just took our place. You know what I mean? It's like trading places for real. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you got to be able to trace yourself. You know, people kill me when they say they're a mutt because they, you know, mix with so many different people. And I'm like, really? These are pretty much all the same people. Just because you're white, you call yourself white, you either 
Polish, Russian, Dutch. But if y'all trace your blood, you're going to find all y'all related. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're going to find out that you all from the same set. You right. know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Thank you for that history lesson. Because I didn't know some of that stuff. And that's like, you you don't see a lot of um um marketing directors or even people in hip hop talk about the back you know the backstories of just being um african-american or just being them you know you know just the background of any of that so thank you for for enlightening my um my listeners as well as myself because that yeah that just took me for a loop <laughs> yeah I'm a, I'm a historian like you know there was a lot of people who wasn't a lot of dark-skinned people who weren't slaves in america mm-hmm. they either fought against slavery they were called maroon Mm-hmm. or they were free people of color in Virginia, North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of free people of color. You can look up free people of color, and you'll see the areas where they were from. They own land. They have farms. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They weren't slaves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In South Carolina, there was 160 black slave owners in South Carolina when they seceded from the, the North in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... The, 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 the facts about our story are just all over the place. You got to really right. read a lot of books. You know what I'm saying? Because even in, in school, they teach you the conquered versions of history. Do you, know you think mean? we sh- they like? Do you think hip hop should rewrite those stories, or people like a historian like yourself? Should do you think that? Um, yeah, because we, that's, we where, that's where hip hop that? came from. Hip hop came from that. Rakim, KRS One, Grand Nubians. You know, mm-hmm. they were telling those stories. Mm-hmm. Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. They were telling the stories, and and they stopped telling the stories. Yeah, you know why? Why did they stop telling the stories? Because it was it was people getting killed, and 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 it was a lot. It was definitely Even a lot. NWA Ice Cube telling you about the police brutality. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes, it was real. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So that's what hip hop is for to teach. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And to give people alternative ways of living. Like, for me, hip-hop has been our religion. Yes. As a people. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's more religion than religion itself, if that makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> because it's culture. Yeah. Because it's culture. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, even though it's it's a higher... Everybody has a higher power, irregardless of the fact of what religion y'all is in. But when it comes to hip-hop, it's like... You you're you're looking at it and, and, and they're writing it down. They're they're showing you the way. Like people knew things before we even knew it. Like Goody Mob, for example, they they knew a lot of things. Tupac knew a lot of things. So th- that that should be in our history books. That should be re- really taught. In like you got to understand, like Tupac, people don't even understand Tupac Amaru Shakur. Mm-hmm. Tupac Amaru was the last Inca chief that fought against the Spanish before they colonized South America. Mm-hmm. The whole, people, all the people from America, the ancient people are called the Amaru. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. These are the serpent people. And then in the East, they become the Amorite. You know, even in Mesopotamia, they worship the god Amaru. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of the things that you see from the Old Testament are really in North and South America. The West is the Old Testament. The West is the old, like, Illinois is called Little Egypt. Southern Illinois, where my family's from, 
It's called Little Egypt. My aunt was born in Cairo, Illinois, because um, indigenous, you know, dark-skinned people mm-hmm. settled Southern Illinois, so mm-hmm. that, and they created the Underground Railroad right there. That's how our people was coming in from from the areas and moving up. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, you know, like for me, I stopped paying attention in high school, like in seventh, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. But I start teaching myself. I start reading books. You know what I'm saying? And, and I've taught myself all the way through. I, I, I taught myself the music business. I taught myself how to do radio. I taught myself how to do all the things that I've ever done. You know what I'm saying? I never mm-hmm. went to school for marketing. Never went to school for communications, none of that. You know what I'm saying? I just took the time to learn it for myself and get, gain the knowledge and wisdom and understanding to make it work. And that's all we have to do. We're alchemists. We know we have the, we have the ability to create something from nothing. You know, that's mm-hmm. God's gift. You know what I mean? So people got to be in tune to who they are, you know what I mean? To stop allowing Europeans to give them all these labels that now they come under, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like black has no standings in the law dictionary at all. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So for us to call ourselves black people, we're not, there's no definition of us as being black. You know what I'm saying? You're not black, so how could you be black? I'm not black, I'm brown. Right. You know what I'm saying? So... You can't be defined by land, language, or color. Only blood. So even people that call themselves Haitians, Jamaicans, you know, that's not who you are as a people. You know what I'm saying? Right. You got you got to come back to the blood, you know, like that's what it's all about. You know, we all the same we got the same blood, one one blood, one aim, one destiny, one God, you know. Conquering divide was the means of the devil to actually separate and divide people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like with, with the Cointel probe program that Jagger Hoover came up with in '65, he told the truth. He said, "Listen, man, the threat to national security is not China, it's not Russia, it's black unity. Mm. You know, creating a ghetto messiah, meaning they know that we gods, they know that we gods children." Right. You see what I'm saying? They know us more than we know ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So it's about time that, you know, you know, with all these music and everything that's coming out, like these kids are so violent, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Their music is because they 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 had got a cut off from the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, and how a lot of these gangs have now came into the place of the industry. Gangs really promote more music than we do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to think how many GDs, how many Bloods and Crips there are around the country. Right. And now it's going to be the ones that's promoting the music. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You got all these different artists that are successful. Like, majority of them are in gangs. That's fact. You know, so we try to get out to the gangs to be able to say, hey, man, let's, let's come together. You know, because once you get 35 years old, you got to give back. You know what I'm saying? So all the mm-hmm. OGs got to start. Your phone going out a little bit. Help solve a lot of these unsolved murders and be able to bring back peace into the community. Right, exactly. Another one of my guests had said the same thing. OGs need to step back up in in their community and say hey, this is not what it is or this is what it is, you know, f- have a format now. Because before, it's, n- it's no really, it's no outline anymore. It's more of a, everybody's for themselves. We, we, we had honor, we had honor amongst thieves in the 70s, 80s. There was honor. 
you know, the the organized crime, mm-hmm. there was honor. You know, there was a certain, you know, regulation that, you know, you could, you had to follow, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and that's not there no more. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's just like everything, kids get killed. You know, a lot of these different things are just happening because there's no more integrity in the streets. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, you know, it, it really takes street cats to, to come back to bring that element in effect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not a street cat, but I got street knowledge. Mm-hmm. I got the wisdom to be able to talk. I've talked people down from committing murders and crimes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. By just giving them an alternative. Like, this is what we got to do tomorrow. You're going to you're gonna throw all this away today on this reaction when we can come back and retaliate on a different level mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like the art of war all these different situations the elements of what people got to understand with dealing with war we're at war every day it's quiet weapons for silent war the mm-hmm. food we eat the water we drink it's quiet weapons for silent war this is this is how we're getting killed every day mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so we got to become woke and where feed ourselves educate ourselves and keep ourselves healthy for mm. self-preservation and ability. Hell yeah. I, I appreciate that. Because that's... Yeah, a lot of people are are becoming more health conscious. Uh, um, you you kind of low now. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Now, nah, yeah, you low. Hold on. Can you hear me now? Is that better? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, it's good. I, mean, I, I, I can pretty much make out what you're saying, though. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, I don't either. It just it just went low. Uh-oh. Probably started dropping too much science. It was I like, know, Uh-oh. see? That's Uh-oh. it. But they be doing that though on on some real yeah. shit. They they when they hear stuff nah, like they, that they, or see stuff, they they know how to shut shit nah, down. They, nah, I get flagged all the time on Facebook. They know me, the Baron CEO <laughs> Mount Builder. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They know about the Mount Builder. You know I'm always Dropping that science for the people, baby. Hell yeah, and I appreciate that. Um, but I want to do. I want to touch on the core DJ retreat uh, a little bit, and then also I'm going to do the top five because it's 45 after right now. Um, but uh, how how did you even become a part of the core or like be affiliated with the core? Like, how did you in- get introduced to well, that? I see, I, I've been I've been connected with the DJs for years, so. Um, we had this thing called the Mix Show Power Summit that Renee McLean put together back in the 90s with some of the hottest DJs in the country. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was an on-air personality, but I broke so many records. As an on-air personality, they used to just consider me being a DJ. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it was like um, one time we was in the Bahamas and um, Tony Tony Neal was making a big rant about how much it cost there. I used to do uh, a Bahama, I used to do a, a event called Thomas like two, three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Wild Man Cheese Bahama Bash, you know what I'm saying? At the same spot where they had us at the La Cuya in um in um in in um not Nassau but the other one, the other island. What's it called? What's the other island called? That's the crazy. Uh, that's the I don't know because I ain't never been out the Nassau Freeport. Oh, okay, okay so it's okay. Freeport. Freeport is real strict. Nassau, you can get away with a lot. Freeport, they don't play. So. We were over there, and it was like, at the time, it was um, hurricane season. Mm-hmm. So Tony was like, yo, Teddy, tell them how much these rooms cost right now. And I was like, right now, these rooms are like probably $65 a night, and that's including all-inclusive. That's all meals and drinks. 
Wee, tell it was, and they was charging us four hundred dollars a bed. You know, so eight hundred dollars a room, and you had to do a mandatory five days. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, as DJs, you got to have value. You know, people that value you, they're going to pay for you to do that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that's how, you know, you find out where you at in the rat race when you got people that's like, look, we're going to pay for y'all to be here. We need y'all to show up here. We need y'all to show up there. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's what was happening. We was getting paid every year to go. Child to Pure Pain. You know, that was a, a, a DJ crew out of, of Savannah. My man Luke Mon and um, me, Bigger Rankins was a part of Pure Pain. Like that was really my first DJ crew that I was with. Mm-hmm. So um, after that time, Tony Tony Neal went to Uncle Luke because Tony used to work back and forth with Luke all the time with another level record pool. He had a record pool called Another Level Record Pool in the 90s. Him and TJ. TJ had TJ's DJ. Tony Neal had Another Level Record Pool. Mm-hmm. So. He went to Luke, and Luke was like, man, you got to get with Teddy T, because Teddy T been had all the DJs down here in the little union for the past five years. That's how we all got on, you know what I'm saying? So Tony came to see me at the radio station, and I like I gave him the whole template for the core DJ that day. Like I was like, oh, we're going to do this club on Thursday, the rooftop. We're going to do this club on Friday. We're going to do this club on Saturday, and I actually brought in BMF to rock with my man Mike Gardner and we did Cameo with BMF at, at Cameo Th- Theater with headliners. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I even got the the hotel to give us the rooms at employee rates. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the whole kind of format of the core retreat, like I kind of was the first one to put that together. You know what I'm saying? That's when I did dope. the first core. That's dope. That's real dope. I never knew that. And shout out to yeah, so like I've been I've, I've been a core DJ for the beginning since two thousand five to fifteen years. I was there in the in the permission of it getting started. You know what I'm saying? Right. I've been very instrumental in helping. You know, it continue to grow. You know what I'm saying? Uh, one year in New York, um, the core got canceled. Yep, I remember that. You know what I'm saying? And I and I set up a whole itinerary of everything, like like it was still on. I told people whoever flew in. I still got clubs, mm. showcases. I still got everything set up. You know what I mean? So we ended up doing my whole format again. You know what I'm saying? For the core in New York City. You know what I mean? So it's like we grown men. You know what I'm saying? Man. So, you know, we can't depend on Tony Neal. Tony Neal's a great man. Tony Neal's done a lot for the culture of DJs and for the DJs that are involved in the core. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we've been saying, you know, we grown men. We could pay for our rooms. We could put something together to get transportation for us mm-hmm. to go from place to place. You know what I'm saying? We should have to depend on Tony to do everything. You know right. what I'm saying? And people be mad. Like, damn, Tony, why we don't got no chance? Like, nah, I told but nah, y'all can't get mad at Tony, man. We grown men. We grown fucking men. We just got to know, you know, and uh, we do the research in the city. Find out who got little buses and see how much they cost. And then get labels to come in and pay for the motherfuckers. You know right. what I'm saying? And, and, and that's the thing with DJs and, and this people, period. You got to become self-sufficient. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this man put this platform together for us, but what can we do to add on to the platform? You know what I'm saying? You know, one day we want to be able to invite Tony to something that we put together. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, facts. And, and that's where we're going in the future. You know what I'm saying? 
because, you know, you got all these dudes that's making decent money, you know, DJ, so we can put together little elements to be able to do what we want. You know what I'm saying? Not mm-hmm. just what's there. We want this person there. How much is it going to cost to get that person there? We want this there. How much is it going to be to get that there? You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, that's the element of the core. Like, I, I you know, I've been a hitman DJ, shot to Casper. We used to do retreats with Casper, but we didn't bring people to the retreats with Casper. It was just the DJs, and we used to go to labels. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All these different things I've been a part of. You know what I'm saying? But it all boils back down to we DJs first. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's different DJs that's in different other coalitions are part of the core. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's what I want to get everybody is don't get caught up in the brands. Get caught up in the job of what you got to do as a DJ. Facts. You know what I'm saying? That's the number one element. Facts. Facts. And this past weekend had taught me a whole lot. Like, th- that, y'all, people, they was moving and shaking. Like, they was handing stuff out. And I'm like, Dang, I just I dropped the ball a little bit. I can definitely say I dropped the ball a little bit, but it's all good because next year yeah, was one, one well, of the best year, things. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. One of the best things that we did was giving out the the bags for the homeless people. Like yes. y'all go to my page and and watch how we actually we was walking up on people that were asleep. Yes, you know what I mean. Like wake up, bro, wake up. We got some food. You know you're hungry. Wake up. You yes. know what I mean. Like we you know we was really out there. You know, and we've done that for a couple of years, you know what I'm saying? And that's, you know, the balance of giving back to the community because these people, they out there and, you know, they know where their next meal was coming from and the fact that, you know, we gave them core bags, we made them shout, this is from the core DJs, yes. you know? And someone was like, dog, I remember when y'all was out here last last couple, I said, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, you know what I mean? They, they remembered us, you right. know what I'm saying? And that's crazy that people been on the streets that long that they could still, damn, y'all gave us food, couple years yeah yeah you're right you know what i'm saying but you know that's the thing that everybody got to do people take life for granted you know what i mean people who who are, who are uh, homeless people who giving up you know drugs and things like that you know there still could be opportunity people got to really you know tap in with them you know what i mean like we, we we've got to look out like same thing with the kids like i started my program three years ago at the school mm-hmm. and that's what locked in for the kids you know what i'm saying and the principal, she saw that the kids was learning more in my program than it was in the school. So she was like, I want them in your, I'm going to quit the school and we're going to start our own program. You know what I'm saying? We're going to start our own school. You know, so the principal left the school and here we are today with five-star education. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. Congratulations. That, that, that take, yeah, she stepped, she or he stepped out on faith and was like, listen, we about to do this thing and you are definitely a good person to even link up with and um shout out to florida because ain't are, you're from florida correct you're originally from florida. yeah all right cool 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 shout out to you and shout out to florida and everybody that you've worked with thus far um but <clears throat> i do want to get into this top five and then we're going to do our wind down so we can get up out of here and um enjoy the rest of our day because I, I i really enjoyed this conversation because you put a lot of things in perspective um, when it comes to this thing called entertainment. Am I too low still? No, you you up now. So oh, okay. back to normal. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to do three, three top five questions and then we can do the wind down. And oh, don't forget to answer the question of the day, um, which is going to be up here shortly. So my first top five 
question is top five artists in your city um well i'm gonna say the newer artists because you know i don't want to go into a trick rick ross you know people who was already established right because that'll take away everybody else but uh (laughs) I want to say, as far as musically right now, mm-hmm. uh, Kodak Black is definitely the top artist in, in South Florida. Okay. And then after Kodak Black, um, I want to say, I hope I'm saying this right. I want to say Ball Breezy. Ball Breezy, mm-hmm. Um, after Ball Greasy, I want to say this is a kid named YD. YD? YD for life. Y- YD from For Life uh, Overtown. Okay. Um, after YD, is a kid named Mike Smith. Mike Smith. All right. We got one more. And after Mike after Mike Smith, is this new kid who's been on the block. His name is 93 Purpose. 93 Purpose. Okay. And don't you have an artist? You do have an artist, correct? That I, we had met, or that I had met yeah. at the core retreat. Yeah, you know, like I, I really don't have an artist, but this kid here, um, my man Lucky bought him to me. He said he was blind, so I was like, "Well, fuck it, he's blind." You know what I'm saying? I ain't never broke a blind kid before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, I got Novocaine, Basecaine, right. Novocaine. Um, you know, been working with him for three years now. Um. I got a bunch of artists that I really work with. I got this other kid named One Tap, Big Tap. I got this um, label I work with, Florida Boy Music. We just we got Seti Hendrix. We just did the four to five single with, with A Boogie with the hoodie. Okay. And then uh, we got this other artist that we just started named um, Chop with it. Chop with it. Okay. And he, he he got a single. He got a single um, called Check. Okay. So. Those are my three artists that I'm working right now. Bass Gay, Novocaine. Are y'all looking for beats? Um, not really. Everybody pretty much got their own look, you know. Okay. Because I tell artists, that's your number one thing as an artist. You have to have a sound, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you got to be able to find producers on your own that can now relate to your sound. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Understood, understood. So, you know, I, I kind of help producers find I've, artists and producers, you know, make, you know, make little connections like that. Okay. 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 Top five record pools that you've been a part of, or that's just around now, because a lot of people don't know about record pools, and that's important as well as the guerrilla marketing and the hand-to-hand um, marketing. Right. Well, um, I don't know because you have a lot of like Nerve DJs. Mm-hmm. They're they're a DJ coalition, but they do record pool um, services. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, coalition DJs, mm-hmm. you know, they got Music Mondays. They do the, um, the 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 element of playing your record with the um, player, where they could give you the spins as they come out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I would definitely say coalition because they got all the clubs, the strip clubs locked in in Miami. I mean, in Atlanta, and and they can get you heard in in that in the element. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, let's see, coalition nerve. Of course, cool running DJs with Kingpin. Kingpin yes. is just the beast with street social media. 
you know, the partnership with Vertigo that they have to be able to, in the conference calls, all the different DJs that they still have locked in. And then the fleet DJs are, are big. Um, it's like, when, and then I work with MP3 Wax. Mm-hmm. And MP3 Wax is, is like, you know, Chris really handpicks DJs around the country that he feels can really do the work. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, a lot of people aren't a part of MP3 Wax Generals. You know what I'm saying? There's MP3 Wax Generals and there's people who get music from MP3 Wax. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But with the record pool we got now, along with the blast, the clubs, and the radio set, you know what I'm saying? Um, we, we really broke and really positioned a lot of artists in the last four or five years. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, MP3 Wax Coalition DJs, Nerve DJs, um, the Fleet DJs, the Fleet DJs Music Conference is coming up in Jacksonville mm-hmm. um, in July. And um, who else I said? Fleet, Cool Runners. Cool Runners, yep. What about ATL yep. Top 20? Well, how do you feel about, because I know yeah, they, yeah, were, they were exactly. in the core too. They were, well, not yeah, well, they were just, the core, but they were at the retreat as well. They had a Yeah, Bishop, Bishop, Bishop started with us with the, heat, with the uh, Hitman DJs. Okay. And, um, you know, I kind of, I watched him, you know, put that together. He was always into mixtapes and moving mixtapes around. And when he came to Atlanta, a lot of the people in St. Louis wasn't able to still keep up with the music. So that's why he created ATL Top 20 was to keep his people in St. Louis up with the music that was coming out. And it kind of just blew up everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, that's why I tell people you don't got to be the spotlight to be successful. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Bishop is a prime example. Bishop is a multi-millionaire in the entertainment business from finding a niche and exploiting it. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's and and that's what you that's what it's about. You know what I'm saying? Being able to find something that's missing and, and, and be able to do it and, and stay consistent with it. You know what I mean? And and evolve it. You know, he went from just doing hip hop and R and B all the way to pop. You know? Dang. That's yeah, cause that I still I get emails from them all the time, and I'm not even a DJ. I just get it because I know that I I do podcasts, and I know I've broken a record before, so I've had that experience of like knowing how to move around the city and doing the guerrilla market and stuff, as well as the experience of like being with Def Jam and so on and so forth. So I can't count myself out when it comes to getting these into these record pools um shout out to dj amazing jc on um instagram shout out to session 420 g stacks that's what's up that's what's up um but i'm sorry to say that we are at the end of the show i'm pretty sure we're gonna come back because we have more to talk about because i know we missed a few things but um, I do want to give you the opportunity to give your shout outs and tell everybody where to follow you, your social media, uh, what you got coming up, and then answer the question of the day. And then we're out of this thing. All right. Well, every day I'm on Strong On Radio at 88.7, the Blaze FM, 12 to 2 on 88.7, like 12 to 4 on Strong On Radio. Strong On Radio is Floor Rider Station at Strong On IMG Compound. Um, I run that station over there. I'm also on Highly Unique with Rich Black in South Florida. Also, when I'm in Atlanta, I do the Atlanta Highly Unique radio. Um, every Sunday, uh, we got a big jet ski party that we do at a mansion that, you know, I put into a whole element called the Lit Lounge Tour. Every Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I got performances at private locations. We do pop-ups, private pop-up locations. And I got the Lit Lounge Tour where you get to perform there and then you get to go to um, on the club, the, the strip clubs on Friday and Saturday. And then plus I do 
touring all around the Southeast, the Southwest, radio, clubs, the whole nine. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we're doing all summer, the Lit Lounge Tour. I got Novocaine with his new single, Tastes Like Kool-Aid. We got um, Big Tap with his single, City Boy. We got the check with Chop with it. You know what I'm saying? Florida Boy Music, Seti, Hendrix popping off, man. Um, I got my man McCleasy, Gorilla Tech, um, uh, and uh, Sam Sneak. They just got a new record called Work It Out, and we about to start rocking. You know what I'm saying? We got some real, like we got this joke Miami bass dance music that we make in South Florida. You know what I'm saying? Joke. Shout out to my brother Smiley, Hit Town Music, my nephew. He got a record called Good Vibes. That's a joke record, McCleasy. That's a lot. Like, we got this joke movement that's about to take back the game. Ball Greasy, Case 100. They got this record out called um, The Boogie. But now the new the new thing on the streets is get your boogie, drop the guns and get your boogie on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know like, that's right. <laughs> some, of the, some of the hardest gangsters and, and thugs in South Florida are dancers. You know what I'm saying? So we're really trying to get everybody to get back into this positive vibe and dancing and having a good time. And, and, and let's stop all this violence. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I appreciate that. Um, And last but not least, the question of the day, and then I'm going to do my outro, and then we out here. Um, What bothers you about the industry? Why? And what is your solution to fixing it? Um, It's just the fact that people don't learn. You know what I mean? Knowledge and wisdom and understanding is prevalent in every element. You know what I'm saying? And I tell people, Anything that you want to be in, if you don't know about it, you're cheating yourself. You know what I mean? Pick up a book. You know, go talk to people. You know, what separates rich and poor people is information. You know what I mean? So the more informed you can become in the music business is the better you can be. Like, this is the business of music. And it's 90% business, 10% music. And people don't want to understand how business relates to the music business. Like it's a business first and the people who make money are the people that's doing business. So if you want to be successful in the music industry, do business. That's it. Just do business publishing. You know, there's this production, there's social media, there's merchandise, there's 13 revenue streams that is available. And that's just 13. There's really 200 and, something thousand but I'm not going there right now <laughs> there's 13 revenue streams that that's at your disposal that and music usually becomes one of your last streams mm-hmm. the least amount that you're going to get is the music because music is the surfboard the surfboard that gets you to everything else yep so my pet peeve is too much ignorance the solution read damn it knowledge wisdom and understanding Research, like we the big head scientists. Let's all begin to be who we once was in the game. You know what I mean? Take yes. back, take back what's once ours. Yes, yes. And thank you, thank you so much for even coming through the. Uh, see, look, I'm, you get me tongue tied already. <laughs> Shout out to uh, So Hollywood the podcast. You can follow me on Instagram m i s s Hollywood three one three. You can follow the podcast here, So Hollywood the podcast. Uh, the Adult Swim Tour team, you can follow us. We have a new mixtape that will be dropping June 11th. Instead of the instead of June 4th, we pushed it back a little bit longer because we had some dope, dope individuals at the Core DJ Retreat that we wanted to get on this mixtape. So we had them submit 
and now june 11th it'll be dropping you can go look on my instagram page to see our cover art which was done by our dj dj kelly j shout out to her shout out to ladies of the core shout out to core djs shout out to you shout out to everybody that has tuned in uh and our official sponsors hip-hop weekly hip-hop vibe my podcast and free me fitness we had some fitness gear on when we were doing the um core cares that's that's who we were wearing if anybody knows Mm. was out there (laughs) he said "Mm." i like that i like that gray you had on girl you know i was like (laughs) i saw that bright future you had behind you girl I said, boy, that girl got a bright old future behind her. Oh, yes, she mercy. do now. And we yes, gonna, she do. <laughs> we going to end it there. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Teddy T. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we got the dog barking. <laughs> That's right. The dog said, ooh. I saw, I saw the picture. <laughs> but I appreciate you. Anything else that you want to say before we get out here? Because we're about to get up out this thing. Hey, man, everybody, you can't be called black or white. Know who you are. Know thyself. There's no such thing as black or white people. That's all that. But there's no white people. There's no black people. There's just nationality of people. We're a nation of people. That's it. Now, peace. Peace. Thank you. All right, baby. <laughs> Is it me or was it guest on so hollywood the podcast just email so hollywood the podcast at gmail.com or follow me on instagram so hollywood the podcast and miss hollywood 313 looking to book your next studio session contact session 420 at www.greenleafgame.com